Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back to you. Welcome back. Wow. I am excited. You're buzzing, dude. I I am buzzing. I haven't been this excited in so long. In life. At all. (laughs) In general. Um, Okay, first off, before we get into what we're doing, housekeeping, do it. Vicarious Living Pod at gmail.com and Vicarious Living Podcast on Instagram. Get at us, kids. Baseball tee, $30. Tank, $20. Get at us on Instagram for the swag. We love you, kids. Just slide on in. Okay, so we are going to get into our next TV show. And as Pat mentioned, I am fucking buzzing because this is the first TV show that we've done on this pod that I have not seen. Is this the original teen drama? No. I don't. I was gonna say it sounded no. a little hyperbolic, but because last time we did sixteen candles and we considered a little research, like diving back in, yeah. that was from the eighties. This is ninety eight Dawson's Creek. Yeah, let, we gotta mention what it is. Oh, yeah. Dawson's, Dawson's Creek. Creek. Sure, yeah. bury the lead there. We're fucking doing it. Dawson's so, Creek. So uh, I guess is without diving too much more into it what was before dawson's creek beverly hills 90210 comes to mind okay yeah as like as one of the big i think i mean kids get at us if there's one that's different uh reach out to us on instagram or slide into our gmail account but i feel like beverly hills 90210 is the first one i can remember and i think that was like 80s okay i mean was there anything in the 70s i don't think so 70s teens? I mean, who cares about 70s teens? We only care about 80s teens and beyond. I feel like at a certain point you run up against, like, in the 70s where they only had five channels. Right. Whatever. If you've ever heard your parents say that, five, nine, and 12. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Back in my day. So, like, I don't think there's just space on TV for teen dramas. Actually, that's probably true because I think Beverly Hills 90210 helped start the whole Fox revolution. And mm. a lot of these shows, like the OC and stuff, were on Fox. So maybe until they brought in those other three shows, that's why. It wasn't going to make it to ABC, NBC, or CBS. Damn. That's astute, dude. We just literally, in real time, figured that out. We scienced it. Yeah. That's science. Love it. Okay, so what we're going to do, structure-wise, let's lay it out so the kids can play it out when they're listening back. Structure of Dawson's Creek for this podcast is going to be four total pods that we're going to do. Two to start off. Then we're going to do a couple movies. We're going to have Halloween in there, so we're going to do a movie breakdown during Halloween. Excited. little spooky Halloween special. And then wrap it up with two more Dawson's Creek. So in all, just four total Dawson's Creek episodes. I think it's good because I think now that we don't have the emotional ties to these shows, like the OC or Friday Night Lights, I think spending less than two months or a month and a half on a show is good. Like, we don't want to spend more than that on a show. Yeah, just keep it moving. Keep it moving. Um, Okay, so that's all the housekeeping out of the way. 
Should we now get into fucking the reason why we are here? I would really like to. Dawson's Creek, here's the intro song. Play it. little confusion to start the episode because I think you were pretty jacked up to hear that song. I think the pilot didn't actually have that song in its intro. Is that what we're thinking? Yeah, it didn't play and I was super disappointed because I was really looking out for it. But I was like, you know what? On this podcast, I'm still going to play the real intro. Yeah, absolutely. That was a Bush League version that we heard during this the pilot. This is just one of those things. When you do the work, you do the research, you dig down into these things, you start to uncover little nuances like, hey, the pilot? They might not have had the intro song figured out yet. Yeah. The thing that made the show super famous. No, they didn't. And I I don't blame them. Um, Should we still just like act like we listened to it though when we watch the episode because we wish it was Paula Cole that was just beating into our eardrums? I don't want to (laughs) wait. So fun fact about Paula Cole, I don't want to wait. The executive producer of the show his top choice for the theme song for Dawson's Creek was actually Alanis Morissette's Hand in My Pocket. That's just good song. That's also a fucking jam. That's just good music. <laughs> got one wanna... hand in my pocket and the other one is doing a peace sign. Yeah. Dude, that I I feel like I mean I love Paula Cole. I don't want to wait just as much as the next teen podcaster, right? But I mean, Alanis Morissette, hand in my pocket, that might have totally worked too. Is that off a jagged little pill? I think I bet so. Alanis Morissette think so. CD where it was just every song was fire. Yeah, can we say that that was one of the greatest CDs in human history? Let's do it right now. <laughs> And uh, I am not using any hyperbole in that. Is Paula Cole also uh, the woman who asked the famous question, where have all the cowboys gone? Oh, damn. I'm going to also have to put a clip in of that song. Here it is. Starting off the pod from the top, <laughs> drenched in fucking sick tunes. Sick tunes alert. Dude, honestly, this song, it takes me back because as a young teen podcaster, I, on a seat, or no, on a cassette, put it in a cassette player and memorized the entire lyrics to, Where have all the cowboys gone? I actually learned that whole song, and the the way I did it was they put the lyrics in the cassette in a little booklet in the pamphlet. In the oh, cassette. nice! They put the lyrics to every song in that, and I would read the lyrics and listen to the song. So yeah, I guess I had douche written on my forehead yeah. even at a young age, you know. Nah, dude, that's a perfect waste of time. Did you ever get to the bottom of it? On um, why they didn't use that? No, where they went? Where oh, they... oh, the cowboys. <laughs> 
No, I never knew where the cowboys Somebody went. Somebody will solve it someday. Someone will solve where those cowboys went to. Know where these two cowboys are right here in this podcast studio. So they they ended up not using that because Alanis Morissette was just asking for too much money. And Damn. it was cheaper to go with Paula Cole. That greedy, money-grubbing piece. Mm-hmm. Classic Alanis, dude. Always asking. She she's probably, all, yeah. She's so commercial, dude. Yeah. So, um, two more fun facts about Dawson's Creek, and then we're going to get into our character breakdown. Second one. First season of Dawson's Creek is only 13 episodes. They had all 13 filmed before the pilot even aired. Really? Mm-hmm. That's confidence. Yeah, because as we've seen on all these shows, you film the pilot months in advance, then have to sell it to the network, get the green light, then you go about filming the episodes because you know you're on air. What network was this on again? This was on the WB. Okay. Formerly uh, what the CW is. So The w- WB was the WB and then it became the CW? Yeah. With probably some business happenings. So that was a rare fact that I, I found interesting, actually filming all 13 episodes um, beforehand. And then the last one I just want to give is a location fun fact. Okay. This show is set on Dawson's Creek, right? It's set on the creek uh-huh. that Dawson built. It looks more like a swamp, but go on. Yeah, it should be called Dawson's Sweaty Or some swamp. kind of a tributary. Um, Dawson's Sweaty Tributary. I think that sounds better. (laughs) It was actually set in Massachusetts, but, fun fact alert, Wilmington, North Carolina, location. Wow. Yeah. Two North Carolina shows back to back. Can I mean, so it got me thinking, I'm like, can we say Wilmington, North Carolina outside of like LA and California and stuff is a hotbed for teen drama? Yeah. Must be something in the water. I'm going to be there in two weeks. Just watch yourself. Fuck. I'm definitely, I, it's on my to-do list when I'm driving about Wilmington, North Carolina, definitely go to where the river court is or was. I know they tore it down. They tore it down? I didn't yeah. know that. It was built specifically for One Tree Hill, but they since tore it down. But I at least want to go there and just get a feel for like where Chad Michael Murray. Yeah, do that. And then like, I guess like mix it up with some teens down there. Oh, yeah. See, you know, see what's up. Yeah, just like go to the local high school. Mm-hmm. Just see what's up. Yeah, just insert yourself into their lives. See what Live happens. like, uh, well, who, what was that? John, uh, John Hughes? No, it was um, in Friday Night Lights. Isn't that what Pete Berg did? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dude, just do that. you're doing research. <laughs> yeah, just go knock Just on. go audit a class. Just go sit in the back. What's up, kids? Hey, um... Does anyone want me to just shadow their lives for the next 48 hours? And who? Now- who here is the most drama, would you say, of like any of the teens at this school? Yeah. Is, I'll is there a Steven-esque male in this high school that has drama with an Elsie or a Kristen that I can just simply hang out with them, live, eat dinner at his dinner table that his mom makes? I mean, nothing nefarious. It's research for my teen podcast. (laughs) Uh, Okay, fun facts aside, are you ready now to get into these hot characters from Dawson's Creek? Yeah. 
You got a core four, dude. You Holy. pointed this out, but yeah. I completely agree. Uh, absolutely necessary. You need a core four. So two males, two females mm -hmm. makes up the core, and that needs to be the foundation of the entire show. Right. You can't have you can't have two. You know, it wouldn't work with five or six. That's too many. You need four is like the ultimate sweet spot on main characters. I feel like Friday Night Lights pushed it a little bit, but they they built him up slowly enough that it worked. They had like a core. Yeah. So I was thinking, could we still? I get think to that's a core? the. I think that's the exception that proves the rule. How about that? How but could we see still what, get how I slithered my way out of that? Yeah. <laughs> but could we still get to a core four? Riggins, obviously. Duh. Um, Julie Taylor. Julie Taylor. Saracen. Saracen and Lila. And Lila, maybe Street ish. See, I, I kind of put Street, Tyra, and yeah, Landry yeah, all right. in the same camp. Yeah. But Tyra kind of. And you got Coach, though, who's clearly a main character. So it's like. See, they just. And Tammy. They, they had an ensemble. I mean, Berg just had such a mastery of the form. He was able to start breaking rules, you know? Yeah. But what we will say is that, in general, the team trope rule that we like to live our lives by is core four. You need four. You got to be very careful about how you intermingle them mm -hmm. because like you know i feel like there's rule we could do a, we could do a further breakdown if we do a little bit more like we'll think it out and get back to this but i feel like you can't have them all interdating no at the same time like maybe yeah. there's a cross temporarily or something or like in one tree hill i feel like peyton was with nathan like in the very beginning and then there's a clear break there yeah and then it was like yeah, and then in the OC, it's like they never really crossed streams either. Like, Ryan was never getting with Summer. Yeah, there's a clear separation. Yeah. They're all kind of like... So, I, without getting too deep into it, I think you're totally right. You need a core four, and then we'll break that down further at some point. Yeah. So, let's start off in the core four. Obviously, his name's in the title. Mr. Dawson, a.k.a. James Vanderbeek, JVDB. VDB? JVDB. 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 So JVDB is, I first wrote down that he was destined to be in Dawson's Creek playing a teen character because he beat out 500 actors. For this role? Yeah. What was the, just an open normal just... Normal audition. Wow. Yeah. And I thought it was totally fitting and why I said Destiny was also because this is a fun fact about JVDB is his surname, VDB, mm -hmm. is Dutch, meaning from the creek. Wow. Dude, <laughs> that's, that's fun fact. That's good stuff. Yeah, that was just at the tip of the digging spear that I was doing before the show, dude. And then let's... I did want to just give an age breakdown here. We have to do this. Right. Um, I feel like it's a crucial part of all of these shows. They're, yeah. This one was particularly jarring. So why don't you break down Dawson, what his age is, what it should be, all that stuff. So there's like a scene like within the first three minutes of the show, one of the characters announces that like, I forget how they said it, but they announced that they're all 15 years old. <laughs> and I think we burst out laughing. We did, yeah. Because did. James Vanderbeek has a five o'clock shadow and looks like a full grown man. 
So let me explain how five o'clock shadows work. Look at my face. I always have a five o'clock shadow, right? Mm-hmm. Always have stubble. Guess who didn't have this, though, at 15 years old? You. This guy. I'm 32. It takes me three days. On the third day at five, I might have a five o'clock shadow. <laughs> well, you're the exception to the rule. <laughs> We're on very, very different uh, sides of the fence on that. <laughs> but what I will say to your point is that at 15, it's taken Dawson way more than three days. It's taken Dawson at 15 maybe three weeks to get some, like, just a mustache stubble. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was one of those things where I feel like they made the announcement so that first scene worked because, like, what's going on, and we can dip into the context of what's going on, it needed to be announced that they're super young. Right. <laughs> and then when they did, we're like, what? These, yeah. these actors are in their 20s. It was more egregious than the Ryan Atwood being 16 or whatever he is. I did like where we netted out when we were watching the show, though, because we were saying you really you have to use 16 in these teen shows as the bottom. Yep. You feel like that's that's the lower rung. Yes, because like you're able to drive a car then. And so it's easier to suspend your disbelief if they're 16 than it is to think 25 year olds playing 15 year olds. It's just so much harder Mm -hmm. for some reason. (laughs) I, I know it sounds crazy, but for some reason it's it's way harder. But anyway, so yeah, Dawson is, uh, he's actually 21 in real life, but we didn't even, 28. he looks 28. Yeah. Um, okay, dude, let's get into the next core four, number two on this list. And I am smitten by this kitten, kitten, (laughs) Katie Holmes is Joey. Correct. The lead female in this cast and I wrote down, in all caps, Dream Girl. Oh, you sure did. <laughs> I see that. I I know I always get excited about female characters in these teen shows. You know, me with Julie Taylor, me with uh, Summer a little bit, me with Peyton, obviously, in One Tree Hill. But dude, this might take the cake. <laughs> I She is exactly what is my dream like she is the quintessential girl next door. add to the list she also has a boy name that's used as a girl name oh yeah i feel like you just love that i'm obsessed with yes so i wrote down too i only want to view katie holmes through the 1998 katie holmes lens are you saying like current katie holmes like dating tom cruise and stuff kind of ruins it all for you it totally ruins it that's a bummer Katie Holmes, when she got with Tom Cruise in 2005, it was like, damn, Katie Holmes. Why? What the hell? What the fuck? I mean, yeah. Katie Holmes is... It, it was always a letdown because she's ta- she's like listed at 5'9". So she got with like 5'2", Tom Cruise, and it was just like, damn. And he had gone crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was with Tom Cruise at like peak... Everybody thinking Tom Cruise had lost his fucking mind. Yeah, because it was when he got like all into Scientology and like just he was like Oprah. That was the Oprah on the ca- jumping on the couch moment. Tom yeah, Cruise. yeah. But I guess could does it make a little bit more sense now watching Katie Holmes in action? You were going pretty crazy. Were you as electric as Tom Cruise? Were you about to jump on the couch? I don't know. Like, if I... uh, can you level with him a little bit on how excited he was to be dating her? <sighs> kind of. Like, I don't know if I would full on be jumping on Oprah. Oprah's couch but at the same time it's like 
mm-hmm. I wasn't hooking up with her. So I feel like if you were, yeah, you might, might have grabbed Oprah and shook her a little too hard. <laughs> yeah, dude, I might totally have. Um, so <clears throat> I also was thinking, just while we're singing her praises, unreal, cute, half smile. Yeah. I mean, right in the wheelhouse of just, she is the cutest, she's just, she's, again, I'll just go back, she is the queen of Girl Next Door to me. And, like, everything ties into it. The way she dresses, the way she talks, her half smile, that's unreal. Well, let's just say, well, she's playing the quintessential Girl Next Door, so we can just chalk it up to her acting chops. I also was thinking, like, is she what Marissa Cooper and Lila Garrity all wanted to be in terms of this is how you showcase teen angst? <clears throat> yeah. Without making it annoying as fuck. Exactly. Like, you can tell, like, in this, and we'll get to it, she's kind of upset throughout most of the episode. But it's just as subtle as her. Four of them were walking down the sidewalk, and she's just kind of got her arms crossed a little bit. And you're like, she's not having a good time. See, the What's thing. What's wrong, Joey? Yeah. Yeah. You're not having a good time. Hey, why? Hey, what's up? No, I actually was thinking... That's not like slamming vodka from out of her purse. It's just like, she's just a little sad. When Katie Holmes is upset and doing all that teen angst stuff, you want to like make her feel better and you want to like be the shoulder to cry on. But when Marissa is doing it or Lila Garrity's doing it, you want to like punt her head across the street. In so many words. In, In that amount of words. (laughs) <laughs> I literally want to punt her face. <laughs> um, but when Katie Holmes is a little upset, you're like, hey, I should... What's I... wrong, Joey? Hey, Joey. <laughs> hey, Joey. I... Should I be your boyfriend, Joey? Make you feel better? Is that what you're think? <laughs> thinking, Joey? <laughs> yeah, dude. She's the best. I... I'll, let... I'll cut myself off here because, honestly, I... I will be a mess this whole podcast and talking about her because I'm obsessed with her. I'll cut myself off here. Let's get into the next character. This guy. Also love him. He's constantly bringing the fucking wood. Yeah. Josh Jackson, dude. Pacey. What a name. What a... That name... They just pulled that out of thin air, that name. I've never heard of it before except with this show. I mean, Mr. Mighty Duck himself. Yeah. Coming in with a name like Pacey. He goes from Charlie Conway. Killed it in Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Obviously. Crushed. To to Pacey. And seamless transition. We did make that comment while we were watching. We were like, what a strong names for this cast. Yeah. Nice, like, colorful, bright cast names. Dawson, Joey, Pacey. Like, just strong, vigorous. Mm-hmm. Vigorous names. I don't know if I can use that word there. You can. I can. And they are vigorous as hell. Um, I also wrote George Clooney-esque. Yeah. Yeah, you were, uh, you were giving a little trouble about the hair, but to your point while we were watching the show, you, it was just the George Clooney thing was huge. It's not The hairstyle was called the Caesar. Mm -hmm. Everybody was rocking it. You just combed your hair forward. My old haircut, dude. Yeah. (laughs) Bangs straight across in front, dude. Yeah, um, so the hair was tough for me. The hair in the pants. The, like, Pacey's pants in this episode. A lot of bagginess going on with all the characters in this. Again, we don't want to get to 2019 on it uh, with the fashion and stuff because it was a different time, but the pants are tough. Yeah. And the hair's tough. It's hard. But that Pacey charisma and charm, 
makes up for it. More than makes up for it. Uh, we're going to get to some clips that Pacey had in this episode. And, dude, he he showed me something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he showed me a lot in this first episode. Fun fact. Um, totally saved two girls' lives while filming the show Dawson's Creek in Wilmington, North Carolina. Two girls were drowning in the ocean. Strong current. Really strong current. I was reading a news article on it back from 98. Real strong current. They couldn't get in. They couldn't get to shore. Pacey, he's just like a badass. Totally jumps in the water. Swims out when lifeguard's too much of a pussy to do it. Nice. Swims out. Brings them back to shore. And then there was all these like intense waves and current and stuff. But he like held on to them and kept them afloat until the Coast Guard could get out there with boats and stuff to rescue everyone. That's badass. Yeah. So, By the way, tip, quick tip for the kids. If the riptide is pulling you out into the sea, swim sideways, mm. parallel with the shore. Nice. Save your life, maybe. That's kind of on par with one of those uh, tip for the kids of like, if you're being chased by an alligator, run serpentine. Mm-hmm. They hate that. Yeah. <laughs> Alligators, while fast on a straight line, have terrible lateral quickness. Yeah, let's just say if an alligator's coming at me, I'm fucked. Yeah. It doesn't matter how. I'm also like only 13% sure what serpentine is exactly. So. Uh, so you can think of like a snake wiggling back and forth. Oh, you know, okay. Snake moves. Yeah. I think I, I'm still getting killed in that scenario, <laughs> even if I'm doing that. Um, okay, last one in the character breakdown. Core four is Michelle Williams, AKA Jen. Jen, a.k.a. New Girl in Town. Classic teen drama trope. Love it. Love it. I I was thinking she might have become the most famous, actually, from the cast. You think so? More than Katie Holmes? Uh, I feel like Katie Holmes, like, fucking eats lunch and it makes front page news. So I think she's definitely, obviously helped out by the tom cruise stuff she I, she's probably the, the most tabloid fodder she's more ta- most tabloid famous yeah okay good point so if we're just focusing on who had who became the best actress and who had the best career can we say Mich- michelle williams takes the cake yeah i think yeah i feel like if we're gonna say who has the the best uh comedic cameos it's gotta be vanderbeek <laughs> He pops up out so, of nowhere and random stuff all the time. Yeah, at, mostly just, just as, as James Van yeah, <laughs> As himself. Um, but yeah, no, I actually, I wanted to look up Michelle Williams' IMDb because she is in some powerhouse movies. Let me just read off some of the stuff that she's done. Live IMDb look up right here. Well, you know what she did is she's right in my wheelhouse of like indie actress. She's done a lot of movies, not like big blockbuster, but movies that were just like really, really good. Um, she's in My Week with Marilyn, where she plays Marilyn Monroe and is so good. She's in, oh, Brokeback Mountain. Done. Crest Shitty. She did Blue Valentine. That movie might be the, one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. I don't think I've seen it. Kids, don't watch it. Ryan Gosling and her, it's... So depressing. Shutter Island. Leo. Have you ever heard of him? Oh, Manchester by the Sea. Oh. I she, love that movie. She's just... She's the... Dude, qu- there's a scene with her and Casey Affleck in that movie that is brutal to 
to watch. Yeah. Oh my god. So I think she's the queen of like Oscar nominations. I'm gonna just be in a really art house film that gets nominated for Oscars, and that's probably really depressing too. Let's just say, can we say Michelle Williams knows for the end zone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's getting a lot of goal line carries. She's like the Ladanian Tomlinson yeah. of actresses. So yeah, maybe she's not she's not racking up over a hundred yards a game, but she's getting all those goal line carries and scoring every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. We did we look, look let's ta- let's tackle the tough issue on her though. Tough, tough walk. Yeah, she's not good at walking. Yeah. And you know not the best gate around. Yeah. It it was funny because both you and I noticed like, damn, Michelle Williams' walk is well, there, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> the with first the way time she, walks? she comes on the screen is like, there the the three of the core four are hanging out. Like clearly, that's those best friends. Yeah. And then we inject the new character in, and it's like, from shoulders up, she's like the new dream girl walking like in slow motion up towards the crew, and the guys are like, oh, who's that? And then it slowly pans out, and you see her like hobbling along, like <laughs> dragging one of her legs, essentially, and we're just like, oh. Huh. It, I don't know. I, we were trying to figure out what it was because I was thinking, is she a toe walker? Maybe. Like, is she walking on her toes? And, like, that's always been an unattractive thing to me. It's also looked like she didn't know what to do with her hands when she was walking. Oh, maybe she'll get it together. Like, All right, let's play a clip of... Uh, it, it reminded me of this clip of uh, Talladega Nights when Will Ferrell, Ricky Bobby's being interviewed. Here it is. Jack man, Ricky Bobby places third in the Dennett Racing Machine. Ricky, first of all, where did you learn to drive like that? I felt like I was on a spaceship. And uh, I'm not sure what to do with my hands. Uh, be good just to hold them down by okay. your side. Yeah, great. Well, we're real happy. That's how I feel about Michelle Williams all the time in this pilot. Like, she doesn't know what to do with her hands when she's, like, standing, walking, and talking. And then, yeah, her something about the way she walks, I don't know. Take a look out for it, kids, because it was uh, it it definitely caught both of us off guard. All right, character breakdown over. Is it time? Plot time? Should we just get in it? Get yeah. into the plot. Let's start off with. I mean, dude, this first scene. We were talking about at the beginning of this podcast. Like, I am so excited for Dawson's Creek because I've never seen it. So, like, I'm coming into it with the freshest of eyes and. That first scene had me so locked. It was everything we want. Let's play a clip. Here it is. I just think our emerging hormones are destined to alter our relationship, and I'm trying to limit the fallout. Your emerging hormones aren't developing a thing for me, are they? A thing? No, I'm not getting a thing for you, Dawson. I've known you too long. I've seen you burp, barf, pick your nose, scratch your butt. I don't think I'm getting a thing for you. So then what's the problem? We're changing, and we have to adjust, or else the male-female thing will get in the way. What is with this when Harry mid-80s crap? It doesn't apply to us. We transcend it. And how do we do that? By going to sleep. I'm tired. That's avoidance. No, it's proof. Proof that we can still remain friends despite any mounting sexual theoretics. I don't think it works that way, Dawson. I don't want to start calling you Josephine. Oh, Joseph, this. <laughs> Riddled with sexual tension. Yeah. Girl next door, best friends, 
We're not sure if both of them have a cross on each other, if neither of them have a crush on each other, if one is unrequited, if the other is unrequited. We're just, we don't know. We just know that they really like each other. And just, just for context, we're talking Joey, Katie Holmes, and Dawson, JVDB. They have apparently grown up with each other their whole lives and they're best friends. And she actually even keeps a ladder firmly planted from the ground all the way up to a second story bedroom. I had massive questions about that. Like one, it sounds so good on paper and we're, but I mean, you're probably in the same boat as me. I view that and I'm like, wow, what a dream. (laughs) Uh, The perfect girl next door. Who's a 13 out of one. (laughs) She's trying to do new scales. Would that just be a 13? Yeah. She's divided by one. She is a smoke show, unreal, perfect human being of a female. And it's just she's got a ladder up to his room and she just pops in all the time. What a dream on paper. Just the pop in in any show is just awesome. But then I was thinking like logistically though, criminals. Yeah, it's a wide, it's an open invitation for a cat burglar to get up there and start casing your house. Not to get too inappropriate, but dude, what about the 15 year old self-care moments that JVDB wants to be doing with himself? He's got to watch out. I mean, he's 15, dude. You know that he's the frequency that he is participating in self-care at 15 with hormones the way they are at that age. Would you want a ladder up to your room of just someone could pop in at any time as you're participating in some self-care? Um, so I'd be looking over my shoulder. <laughs> no, damn, dude. All right. Um, anyways, back to the show. Uh <laughs> Explain what's happening in that scene. So what we find out is that she, on most nights, has just been sleeping over her best friend Dawson's house. Yeah. And they share what looks to be a twin bed together. (laughs) And so, like, obviously when you're really young kids, like, that's just kind of cute and you're best friends. Yeah, when you're seven, eight or whatever. But the conversation that she broaches um, in this scene is that, like, hey, we're starting to get to that age where, like, I don't think I should be sleeping over anymore. And this is, like, this throws Dawson for a loop because he's like, what? We're friends. Like, why? Nothing's going to change just because, like, we're older. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I just don't think it should. And, and he's like, well, nothing, nothing's going to change. She's like, okay. Yeah, it's like, hey, Dawson, grow up, bitch. What the fuck, dude? What do you, what, you think nothing's going to change? Like, she's going to keep sleeping over in your... In the tickle session that they have in that bed? Dude. Oh! It, well, so it eventually becomes... Dawson's able to, in that moment, convince her that they're going to remain friends. It's not going to get weird because they're getting older. And she's like, okay. And he's like, okay, you can sleep over. We're both 21. We'll share this twin bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Uh, she's like, ah, okay, whatever. And so she just pounces into bed with him. And they just start having this like little wrestling tickle session. And you're just like, whoa. What are, what's going on here? But now I'm just saying I want to do was, it. So it was supposed to be Dawson and Joey's version of just being best buddies. And we're watching this like, what? Let's reenact that. Right Let's do a hypothetical role play of how that would really go. Because I was taking it a different way. I was taking it as Dawson was madly because this is the first scene I yeah we, we we were yeah. trying to figure it out so in that first scene i was just taking it as dawson is madly in love with this girl obviously he's why trying would he not be any tactic <laughs> just to, stay so you you be joey i'm gonna be dawson in that scenario hey 
where, where are you going? So early? Where are you going? Oh, uh, yeah. I just, it's just, it's just a little weird. I think we're getting a little too old to be sleeping in the same bed. Yeah, no. it's just like you're getting to that age where I mean you're 15, you're starting to get armpit hair. Like I'm sure you're having uh, barely, barely. I barely have armpit hair, I and mean, I only have like four pubes, Joey. I can see your beard coming. Well, like, that's just because I'm a 28 year old like... playing a 15 year old. But let's both be 15 in this scenario. Okay. So Joey, forget about the couple arm hairs I have and the the mini mustache and the four pubes that I'm sprouting. Forget about it. Friends sleep over. All right, but I just don't want it to be like, I want to be friends. I want to remain friends. Hey, best friends can sleep in the same bed with each other. You're, you're, are you saying we're not best friends? Yeah, yeah. It was, it's, it's been a great friendship. I'm saying that it's probably we're getting to the age where we shouldn't be friends But anymore. you understand that by not sleeping in my bed, you're essentially telling me that the last eight years has meant nothing, right? I just want you, I just want you to be clear on what that means. I guess so. So why don't we just try it out? Let's just let's just see. Come sleep in the bed, and let's just see. I'm not gonna bite. <laughs> I don't even know where I'm going. With yeah, this. I don't know. I don't Somehow know that was starting to get this. real creepy. Let's let's try this one. Let's try this one. Okay, me and you are 15 year old guys. Okay, and oh, like yeah. as we've been growing up, we have a lot of slumber parties, mm-hmm. and it's. It's like we can still be friends, we can still play basketball and stuff, but I just don't think we should be like sleeping in the same All right, bed so, anymore. So you're Joey again, but you're just a dude Joey now. Yeah, I'm a Joe. Okay. Dude, Joe, you sleeping over tonight, bro? Oh, I don't know. It's I got an early morning tomorrow. It's you know, I got practice and stuff. And coach wants me there a little early to start oh, working on my free throws. Oh, totally cool. I was planning on going in early anyways too, dude. So you oh. think we should just shack up together, bunk together, bunk boys? Oh yeah, I I know. Um, you want me to sleep in your in your bed? Well, yeah, because I'm just thinking we got to get up early together. We got to go to school together for the practice, for getting the Jays in on the basketball court. So we might as well just yeah. Yeah, dude. I I don't know, man. You always uh you always hog the sheets. Plus, it's like a twin bed, and like literally our, our shoulders are touching. It's just like you know. I think we're getting a little too old for it. Oh, no, dude, not at all. And, and the, the thing, my mom likes the AC really, really cool at night. Yeah. So sometimes, like, just totally not, not like, weird or anything, but I think it helps, like, it's, it's you're conserving warmth and body heat. Right, right, right. So the twin bed actually helps for that. And, dude, also, plus side, um, you stay warmer for your jumpers. In oh, the that's true. I do like to be, uh, you know, at peak warmth when I hit the court, but I just think, like, do you think we can like be fifteen year old dude friends like about to get our temps who also don't sleep in the same bed together every night? Like, is that a deal breaker for you? No one has to know about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Snuggle up. We'll share a pillow. All right, you don't care up. if I take my pants off and get naked, do you? No. Okay. As long as it helps my basketball jumpers. I gotta watch it in hypothetical role plays because it's hard for me to not just to go to like a really creepy place in all of them. <laughs> That's your natural creep instinct. Keep okay. that. Keep that instinct. All right. Let's now go to the first time that we meet Dawson's parents. Okay. This was a fantastic scene if you love that awkward feeling in your stomach that makes you feel like you want to throw up. Oh, that feeling like when you walk in and your mom is riding your dad on the ottoman? Yeah, your mom is riding your dad on the ottoman like fucking Seabiscuit. 
and he's he's got his shirt unbuttoned down to his navel and your mom is like uh, just in her bra and a mini skirt and her hair looks like uh she's just gone through like a massive wind tunnel because she's just been fucking the shit out of your dad for the past 30 seconds seemingly this is just basically a, like this is a daily occurrence for dawson just like eat breakfast watch his parents have sex go to school come back walk back in on his parents having sex is there any there's a lot of love in the household let's just say that is there anything worse than walking in on your parents having sex it's never happened but i would say no yeah hypothetically is there anything worse i don't want to know how i was created no no and he walks in on it and both his parents are just acting like i would be mortified if i were parents getting caught in the act of having sex i would be like that would be like as low as it gets for me as a parent i would think like fuck i i, I suck pun intended i suck dang i suck i got caught by my kids having sex i have failed i don't know we'll, we'll have to see we'll have to see how it goes when you're dead if you'll care let's uh let's put a pin in them for now because i will come back to his parents uh at a at a later point in this podcast more context for the show dawson and pacey work at a blockbuster together mm-hmm. it's a video rental place and um I was thinking, like, damn, do I kind of miss the blockbuster days. The whole event around it. Yeah, it was just kind of, like, fun. Like, you weren't on the internet all the time, so you you were never sure, like, what was going to come out. So when you went to blockbuster, it was like an event. Like, Yeah, it was one of those visceral visceral things where you walk through the door, you walk back to the new releases, and just anything could happen. Yeah, it was like, damn, the possibilities for this weekend of doing nothing are endless they could go in so many different directions and now with like netflix and everything while it's awesome having the convenience factor of just being able to quote unquote netflix and chill Mm -hmm. the downside is you don't have that like what you were saying visceral excitement of like you i think about back to when uh myself and anna from hr first started dating blockbuster was still a thing in 2007 blockbuster date and yeah, it would be like, oh, all right, uh, Friday night, nothing going on. Should we just go? Should we just go Blockbuster? See what's up? Make a track there. And it's like you walk in. It's like, damn, this night could go so many different ways. Who knows? Who knows? You do the scan around the outer perimeter. Yeah. Do the whole scan. And then like, if you don't see anything that you want there, it's like, shit, I guess we're in Hidden Gems territory. And then you start walking towards like the core of the Blockbuster yeah, where yeah. like... You know, it's just like, oh, shit. And you start to get a little desperate at that point. Yeah. But so, then still magic can happen. Dude, that's how I've had two or three of my greatest movie finds in history is, yeah, you go there and, and you go to see the new, uh, get the new Born Supremacy movie, the second Born movie that came out. And then it's like, damn, we came, we're three days into it being on the wall. And so obviously all 30 have been checked out. Which is outrageous. By the way, that's the most outrageous part of this whole thing. The heartbreak where, just can you imagine like <laughs> trying to rent a movie on Netflix? And it's like, sorry, all checked out. Yeah. Like you go to the, the new release out. section and there's like 40 empty cartons with nothing behind them. It's just yeah. like, Yikes. That was the key. Was was there a generic blockbuster box behind the <laughs> yeah. actual movie box? <laughs> yeah, dude. It just and if there weren't, the then you know it's sold out. 
But dude, so thinking back, even though on, on that, I've found some really good ones, like the movie, The Program, found that on when I was in the actual aisles, navigating through the program that we've talked about on this pod. Uh, another one that really coincidentally syncs up with this podcast is, have you ever seen The Skulls? No, I remember it though. Joshua Jackson and Paul Walker, like trying to get into this elite fraternity in college called the skulls at like an Ivy league school, like one of those mysterious, like elite fraternities that like you hear those stats of like 13 U S presidents have been in the skulls, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, great movie. And then, um, cheats. Oh, that was a deep find. Uh huh. Nice. May uh, do that on this pod at some point. That's a real hidden gem. Okay. So, at this blockbuster, though, I got to play a clip of some insane situation that happened between Pacey and this older lady that walks in. Here it is. Well, there you go, Pacey. Thanks. Um, do you think I could help you locate a video this afternoon? Maybe. I'm in the mood for romance. Uh, we keep the new releases against... Oh, no. I'm vintage. All the way. The classics are in the... Where would I find The Graduate? The Graduate is the one... Where the older woman, Anne Bancroft, seduces the younger man, Dustin Hoffman? Checking. It's right there, actually. Thanks. Is there anything else we can help you with? Oh, no. That should do it. How much? Pay when you return. Don't forget your credit card. Yeah. (laughs) Right here. Enjoy the film. I will. It was nice to meet you, Pacey. Oh, yeah. Pacey has an insane flirt with this, like, older lady who walks in. And then we find out later in the episode, holy shit. Teacher. That's his fucking history teacher. Wild. Oh, my God. Add it to the list of necessary teen tropes, dude. Mm -hmm. You got to have a teacher in the mix with the possibility of hooking up with a student in teen shows. Yeah, it's a it, must. Oh, it is such a must. What did you think of that teacher? Were you in on her, looks-wise? No and yes. Yeah. I'll say mostly driven by the taboo of the whole situation. Oh, a taboo. Damn, is there so much taboo there. I mean, can we say Pacey uh, more confidence than most 15-year-old kids? What do you? Th- what are your <laughs> thoughts on Pacey? Like I love, I he does have a ton of confidence, and usually I'm off put by that. But I feel like he is he crushed that pilot. Yeah, I'm all in. So yeah, c- because he's got the confidence whilst simultaneously having like a self awareness and a humbleness about him. Like in that whole episode, he was like acting like a ladies' man, but he clearly kept admitting like I'm obviously not a ladies' man, but he was just going for it. And then there's moments like where he hit lows, like later on, and he and you can tell he's like hurting, and he's just uh-huh. like, God, I suck, I'm a piece of shit, whatever. And then he just bounces right back. Yeah, Dude. the dynamism in a Joshua Jackson. Uh huh. Uh huh. A lot. He is because a... that character could easily just be obnoxious. Yeah, he is a pure dynamo. You're spot on on that. And as you were talking, I didn't even think about this till right now. Two things. I mean, can we say he's got the brooding thing down? Yeah. We know that after episode one. 
he's going to be our brooder. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get it out of Dawson. No, Dawson's not a brooder. I, I'll get to him in a second. Um, let me stay on Pacey though. Dawson's a hey, let's talk this out. Yeah, I'm out. Back. I'm I'm going to get to him. We'll uh, get to him. Yeah, we'll get to him. To stay on Pacey, he can brood with the best of them. I mean, toss him up there with your Ryan Outwoods and your Tim Riggins. The dude. brood boys. The brood. <laughs> the brood trio is here to fucking stay, dude. Um, he looks like he's going to brood his ass off in Dawson's Creek. And also, we're going to play a clip at the end of this podcast about where he got a little mad. And I was like, oh, yeah. We never felt it with Chad Michael Murray, you know? Didn't have that gear. He didn't have that gear. And it really seems like Pacey he's has got, the gear. got it. Thank you, does. That sixth gear of anger of like, I'm going to go from brooding to... Oh shit! This guy's gonna beat ass, and like I'm totally gonna believe it. As long as the guy's like pretty skinny. I don't know, dude. Joshua Jackson. Keep in mind, like Joey's five nine, and Joshua Jackson looks like he is significantly taller than her. I'd put him as like six one guy who can handle himself. All right, we'll have to see how it plays out. I'm in. I'm all in on him. Okay, let's go to a song. This song started playing where it seems like there's a little sexual tension starting to brood with Michelle Williams, a.k.a. Jen, and Dawson. This song starts playing. As I Lay Me Down by Toby B. Hawkins. This song is on my phone. I already had it on my phone. Lay out what's happening. It's essentially, like, I guess Dawson comes home from school or whatever. Uh, new girl in town is kind of his neighbor, I guess, as well. She's sitting out by the dock. <clears throat> he goes to hang out with her and then kind of brings her into his world. He brings her into Dawson's Creek. Yeah, he does. <laughs> then they start paddling. <laughs> So, another big, big reason why this song was key was it was perfect for showing a little sexual tension happening between Dawson and Michelle Williams, but also, or at this same time, when Dawson takes her up to his bedroom, showing her all that he's a movie buff kind of thing, Joey climbs that ladder. And a great shot by the director. Yeah, that was awesome. There's like a simultaneous shot of Joey on the ladder and then Jen in the window. And it was like, damn, what an epic shot right there by the director. We should look him up. Yeah, so same songs playing while a little romance is brewing between Dawson and Jen. And then we get same song, different emotions where... Joey mm-hmm. is starting to be like, oh, who's this new girl? And what are these feelings I'm feeling right now? Yep. And by the way, just so for our reference, the it's there's a lot of different directors of different episodes, but I think Kevin Williamson's our guy. He's the creator and writer of the show. By the way, did you know that the director of the pilot, whoever directs the pilot, gets paid for all the, the shows? Oh. So Where's like, that from? Where'd you see that? I just probably heard it on a podcast somewhere. Damn. Like, so if you direct a pilot that ends up taking off, you get a little percentage of all the other shows. Wow, like so that's all, pretty like, key. Of all the other seasons, even though those will all have different directors. Damn. That is a good 
fucking tidbit, dude. Nice job. Thank you. <laughs> um, God, so, I would just getting that sweet, sweet mailbox money in Hollywood just would be oh, the best. It, yeah, it's the goal in life, dude. But I, I think the key from this scene, the key takeaway we need to realize is that Joey was starting to get jealous. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa, we thought you guys were just friends, but now it seems like Dawson's starting to hang out with a new girl. And Katie Holmes, a little jealousy is starting to percolate. Right. My question to you would be, so the very first scene, it's laid out very clear between Dawson and, and uh, Joey. Both are on the same page. Hey, we're just friends. We don't want to do anything to ruin this. Platonic. Sleepover with each other and like get weird. She's very clear with Dawson that she doesn't want him to pull any funny business. <laughs> just as <laughs> funny as our the, hypothetical role play got earlier. Which was so fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ruin it. So my question to you would be, did she bring that conversation up to Dawson originally because she's starting to feel these magical feelings? Or did the introduction of a new girl into the mix, was that the catalyst for her to start feeling these feelings? Two cents of this podcaster sitting here in this podcast studio would be, I think it's a classic, you love the attention, you don't notice it, but you know that you need it and you crave it. You've had this guy's attention the whole time and you're always like, Oh, fuck off, Dawson. Like, fuck off, dude. Like, yeah, obviously, subconsciously keep doing it, but fuck <laughs> off, bitch. And then all of a sudden, a new girl comes in, and it's like, wait a second. It's my what? turf. What is that? What is that? <laughs> Those are fucking feels, dude. Those are feels that you didn't realize you had. What are those feels sneaking up on you? What are those feels sneaking up? And it's because... You finally can't have what you've always had. And what do we know? You always want what you can't fucking have. It's as true as time. So as soon as Katie Holmes realizes that she can't have Dawson, all of a sudden she fucking wants him. Classic. I love it. I love it. I love those feelings sneaking up on her. And I love how it makes Dawson just look like a fucking naive idiot. But also kind of a badass, because it's like, if he does truly want to get with Joey, this is what he needed to do to get her into him. Yeah, he stumbled into it on accident. However, um, the the rest of this episode plays out where she's upset with him, and he has no idea why. So he just looks like a bumbling idiot. Okay, this is perfect time to just get into Dawson, because we said we were going to get to him. I, I just wrote down Dawson's a fucking douche. Yeah. I don't like him. Well... He bothers me. I like the idea of him. He's like a super nerdy guy. He's found his passion early in life. Like, I think I wrote down that I'm jealous of him because he, he even says, he quotes it as his life's ambition. Yeah. He knows what his life's ambition is at age 15. I would have fucking killed for that. I still don't know what my life's ambition is. You know what? what I don't either. You, you tied it to more of like a passion level, and I'm never going to begrudge someone for their passion. That's and one thing I know about you. He's a passionate guy about movies. I think it's more just like his general demeanor and the way that he operates, like the way he talks and what he says. And he's always like, he's always on a pedestal with other people. Do you notice that? Yeah. Like whenever they're asking him about like, are you a virgin or whatever they're asking him about, like normal 15 year old kid stuff. He's always like on a pedestal, like he's better than everyone. And it just fucking bothers me with him. For me, 
it was, and my theory on this is because he's a 21-year-old trying to play a 15-year-old, I think he just overacted it. Like he yeah. comes off like a like a like a looking like a full grown adult male. Like he looks like he's twenty eight, thirty years old. He looks, but like he's, he's acting like a like a weird little boy. Yeah. So it just kind of it comes off like right weird. Like it just doesn't track with me. That's why, like, back to our earlier point, make them sixteen, not fifteen, and then just don't touch on their age much. Like yeah, don't don't exactly. be don't just be, let us slowly figure it out. Yeah, like you even say like, hey, we're juniors or sophomores or whatever. But don't actually say the age because yeah. once you hear the age of 15 and you look at this guy who looks like he's 30 years old, it just bumps you. And then you're right. The way he acts like when he walks in on his mom and dad having sex, it looks like a 30 year old walking in on his friends hooking up. And going like, ooh, guys, come on, guys. <laughs> oh, guys. Oh, oh guys. It was so weird, dude. Dawson, grow up, bitch. I fucking hate Dawson. This is perfect, though. While I'm like in a hate, a little bit of a hate spiral right now, I want to get into my MCITW. Sure, channel it. I want to channel this into someone who is not Dawson Leary, but who is someone who is directly related to Dawson Leary, and that is Dawson Leary's fucking dad. Yeah. Didn't like him? Before I get into the reasons why, let's first talk about who this is brought to you by. This is the MCITW, that is the Marissa Cooper is the worst of the week, brought to you by Wicklow, where fine sponsors, fine, fine, fine sponsors, W-I-C-K-L-O-W, where, be free and explore, get all your outdoor gear at wicklowwear.com, type in the promo code VL at checkout, get 10% off of your order, VL swag, we got it, you know it, kids, get at us, it goes to Dawson's dad, fuck that douche. Um, I have written down that he looks like like a like a henchman, like a bad guy in a movie. It's funny that you say that because I wrote down he looks like a Chippendales dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so can we can we combine the two and say he is a Chippendales dancer that like got off of a show, like got done with a show, and then just went immediately to like the lead bad guy's house and started breaking kneecaps for his yeah henchman boss he looks like in a like if a building was taken over by a group of like bank robbers or terrorists he's not the lead guy but he's yeah he's the third lead guy and he's like the handsome bad guy kidnapper who gets killed at some point so he's not the like russian he's not no. the russian lead bad guy correct he, yeah he's one of those bad guys who works for the russian and then gets shot by Act 2. Yeah, probably has a leather jacket on. Probably. Um, other things that he does that he sucks at. Uh, did you notice his hobby is painting toy dolls? Like little toy figurines? It's weird. Weird as fuck. And does he work? It was unclear to me. We don't know. Because it showed the mom going to like... She's a news anchor. She's a news anchor and they showed her. We'll get back to her. They showed her going to work every single day, but like Dawson's dad was always just like at the house. Painting toys. Painting toys, like a weird, weird ex Chippendales dancer. Yeah, I guess we'll find out. We'll find out. Um, and then the other thing I just wanted to do was play a, a quick uh, clip of Dawson's dad talking to Dawson. Here it is. Shift. Your mom's on. Watching her work is the 
Best foreplay. I'm out here. Have fun. Play safe. So, just to be clear, based on that clip, Dawson's dad watches the news every day as foreplay to get himself leathered up and horny for when the mom comes home. He's got full boners for when she walks in the door for sex in front of Dawson? I guess so. I just... He's a weird guy. <laughs> he's, he's weird as shit. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I don't want... I, I'm good with work being separate in a relationship, you know? <laughs> like, I'm good, like, your wife goes off to work, you go off to work, and then you kind of, like, live that life, and then you come home and you have your home life and your reprieve from shitty work. It'd be weird to just, like all day be looking at your wife while she's working and just painting toys, getting horny. (laughs) (laughs) Well put. Anyway, so it goes to you on this first Dawson's Creek pilot episode podcast. Dawson's dad, get bent, bitch. You fucking suck. Weird dude. Next thing is this episode crescendos into the big thing is that they're going to the movies. Right. And lay out why they want to go to the movie. Backstory of the movie, because the teacher that Pacey was hitting on at the video store um, says that she's going to see this movie. That's her plan for the night. Does not invite Pacey, but Pacey decides he's just going to go to the movie and act like they just ran into her. I like that. That was like a classic what you would do at 15. Like, oh, dude, I feel like this teacher's been flirting with me. It's awesome. I'm feeling it. Um she mentioned in some offhanded comment that she's going to the movies tonight. Let's just, like, go. Yeah, he's a bull by the horns guy. I like that about so, him. So, yeah, exactly. He rallies the troops. He gets Dawson in. Dawson brings uh, Jen and Joey. So it's the, the core four is going to see this movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, hijinks ensues. Hijinks ensues. <laughs> um, obviously, uh, the teacher is there. Obviously, she's with a age-appropriate man. And Pacey's like going up to chat her up. And the like, guy's getting snacks. Yeah, he's getting so snacks. he doesn't see the he just sees an empty seat next to her. He comes back and like is basically like, Hey little boy, um <laughs> that's my seat. Can you move? And so they have like a little back and forth and then this guy like grabs him and there's popcorn spilled. The guy behind Pacey It's the guy behind who gets yeah, most mad. Spills popcorn on this guy behind him. That guy is a clear psychopath. This extra goes from zero to ten and punches Pacey in the face. (laughs) He goes from zero, oh yeah, I'm going to go see this art house movie and just kind of chill out. Into fucking punching a fifteen-year-old. Hey, this fifteen-year-old kid's being a little loud in front of me. He's being a little loud, so I'm just gonna assault a fifteen-year-old in front of two hundred and fifty people at the movie theater. Yeah, you would have thought that that uh, guy would have given at least like one or two. Like, hey, could you? Hey, guy. Hey, kid. Trying to watch the previews here. Hey, kid. Could you just pipe down a little bit up front there, bud? Hmm? Here with my lady friend. Nice little night evening out. We're trying to just enjoy ourselves. You could shut the fuck up, kid. So that was awesome. Meanwhile... Um, Hold on, though. Before you go okay. into the meanwhile, can we just say that, do you think like that was something that they felt like the the writer, he's like, we need a fight. It's the pilot. Yeah, we just need some violence. We need some action. I can't sell this to, to anyone if I don't have a fight Somebody in the trailer. Somebody punch this little boy. 
<laughs> Someone punch this boy. How weird would that have looked if it was an actual 15-year-old playing, Casey, <laughs> getting punched by a full-grown man? It's just neck snaps. <laughs> it only works because Pacey's like 30. That guy spends the next eight months in prison. <laughs> punching a kid? Uh, okay, so, so, so yeah, meanwhile... So meanwhile, uh, the little love triangle that's a-brewing is happening couple rows up, uh-huh. where we got Dawson, his new lady love, Jen, and his quote-unquote best friend, Joey, sitting three of them all next to each other. Uh-huh. Joey is starting to really catch these feelings because she's been having a terrible time all night just watching Dawson like talk to the new girl. Essentially, just, she's the third wheel on a date. And uh, she's like kind of, actually she's being really mean the whole night to Jen. Yeah. Anyways, they're sitting down in the theater. She sees a handhold about to go down. Oh, not on her watch. She sees Dawson making the classic, dude, I started, my palms started sweating, picturing Dawson thinking about going in for that handhold in the movie. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He pulls the trigger. Mm -hmm. She seems to be feeling it. Right as that happens, um, I forget what Joey says, but she basically blows up the whole spot. She essentially uh, talks about, Dawson, what's your dick size? Oh, yeah. She asks Jen how, like, what kind of wiener she likes. And not so many words. And yeah. Dawson's, like, gets super flustered. To your point, you think she's going to, like, tell Jen he's got a little baby wiener. <laughs> a little baby dick. So he's like, I need to talk to you outside before you tell my potential girlfriend that I have a small penis. <laughs> <laughs> And so he grabs her. They both go outside and they, they just, they have it out essentially. Yeah. It was, it was a classic Joey just being like, I don't like what I see here. I no longer, I want what I can have kind of thing. And I don't like what I'm saying. So I'm going to just get in. I'm going to get Dawson mad. She knocks over the chessboard. Yes. I'm going to get him pissed, knock over that chessboard and then get him to take me outside so that I don't have to sit here and watch this fucking handhold go down. And I'm it, was with a, you. it was a brilliant play by her part. Nice, nice wise. play. Love it. I love the games that Joey's playing, dude. I love it a lot. And I'm with you, like, seeing that handhold. That 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 handhold at that age, there is so much juice and heat behind that. Like, goddamn. Is there any interaction you have at 32 with intern Whitney that brings as much juice and heat as a grade school handhold did back in the day dude I'll, I'll tell you this and i'm including full sex into this question second date intern whitney and myself omnimax at the museum center uh-huh it was like about the hubble telescope or something great film okay kids highly recommend you go see an omnimax movie at the museum center uh-huh. they're awesome second date no physical interaction has happened we're sitting next to each other. Didn't go for the handhold. Didn't go for anything. Oh, so you're saying it still translates to this day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, when I was watching Dawson, I was, like, as a, I guess at that point, a 28-year-old man. Right. Having the same thoughts. But yeah. I chickened out. Yeah. Pussy. I totally chickened <laughs> out. Didn't go for the, the handhold at the Omnimax. I'm with you, dude. If you're not, if you don't have a little alcohol flowing through those veins at 28 on the like initial date situation, it is like a dude. Like, damn, do I do it here? It's literally like, the I... equivalent of having a big crush on a girl, 
Like, and let's, we'll just keep it in the movie context. And you're going for like a handhold when you guys have not made that kind of contact outside of like a, like a good night hug. Right. It essentially feels like you're about to just jump off the Grand Canyon and just hope things work out. You know, it makes me feel kind of good though to hear you say this because it kind of shows that like, no matter how old you get, depending on the context of the situation you're in, it's still totally plausible that you get those fears and like butterflies and like, oh shit, on just a simple handhold. Again, depending on the context. Like now when you're married or been dating for how many years, you don't, it's neither here nor there, you never think about it. But yeah, on that first thing, even if you're 28 versus 14, you're putting a lot of thought into it. That's why these teen dramas still play, dude. Uh-huh. Okay, let's do a clip here. Let's move Let's move into... I just have a plethora of clips to end this first podcast. After this movie, Dawson is dropping Jen off at her house, and she lives with her grandma. That's She moved here. She moved in with her grandparents kind of thing. Super religious grandparents, I'll say. And right before they're about to have their first kiss at the end of this date, like they're sitting there talking, and it's like hey, this didn't go very well. It didn't go as planned. Obviously, Joey was acting crazy and all this shit. Our friend got punched by a 35-year-old guy at the movies. Um, Jen delivers a hell of a line. Sure does. Here it is. Um, I should go. But thanks for everything, Dawson. But, but um... I'm just gonna pretend we kissed, okay? Mmm, <laughs> that's good stuff. That was the first good stuff moment I felt during this pilot where it was like her grandma made her come in kind of thing right before they were about to kiss and as she's going in, she just walks away and delivers this fucking line. Like, I'm gonna pretend we, we kissed. And it was like, fuck. I was like, Shit, what does that mean? Question does that to mean you. Does she wanted to? Does that mean she didn't want Either way, if I'm Dawson, I'm flustered. Question to you is, is that just as good as a kiss? No. I'm genuinely no. asking. Okay. No. Okay. I had to ask it because it's, I, I, the reason I ask is it's never happened to either of us where we didn't get the first kiss, but then as the girl's walking away, she essentially said she did want to kiss. In which case, I know me, I would have been like, oh, 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 I'd run over and be like, oh, it's still down. I'm still here. I mean, like, Uh, we could kiss now. uh, I know the moment's totally ruined by your fucked up grandma, but, um, I mean, I'm still game if you're game. Let's French. So maybe, okay, we can't say that it's just as good as, that's, that's probably true, but... What a silver lining if you didn't get that. Especially first he went in for it and he felt he like thinks he blew it. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're going from thinking you got rejected to oh, extenuating circumstances. I'm not out of the game. A just little yet. roller coaster ride for a man Dawson. Oh God, what a line. Dawson essentially I, I wrote down after that, um, he got double cockblock tonight, dude. Yeah. Double. He got cockblocked by Joey at the movie theater when he was going for that first handhold, and then he got fucking cockblocked by the religious grandma when he was dropping her off. Damn. 
So, yeah. Fuck. Um, okay, again, last clip we're going to play. This is Pacey. Yeah. This is Pacey just coming into his dude. own. Yep. I love this guy, dude. Okay, let's play Pacey. He's walking home after the movie. He's got a huge black eye because he got punched. And guess who's waiting at the dock? Is it his teacher? Uh-huh. uh-huh. He's waiting by the boats. By the way. Serendipitously. I'm pretty sure he lives on a boat. Really? That's cool. They didn't make it clear in that pilot, but I recall that he lives on like a boat at the docks, and that's why he was at... We'll see as we watch this show, but I think he lives in a fucking boat. That's very It's cool. a 15-year-old by himself. Wild. I guess that's his pool house. Yeah, need it. Anyways, let's get to this clip. He's walking home. He's got a black eye. Teacher's serendipitously there, and then he just delivers. Here it is. I understand you perfectly well, Miss Jacobs. I'm so sorry. You shouldn't be because you're a liar. The truth is you're a well-put-together knockout of a woman who's feeling a little insecure about hitting 40. So when a young Vero boy such as myself flirts with you, you enjoy it. You entice it. You fantasize about what it would be like to be with that young boy on the verge of manhood. Because it helps you stay feeling attractive. Makes the aging process a little more bearable. Well, let me tell you something. You blew it, lady. Because I'm the best sex you'll never have. You're wrong about one thing, Pacey. You're not a boy. Could we say lay it out so she can play it out? That's all I wrote down, dude. Brody Jenner style. He does it. He does it. He just fucking goes for a home run swing. Just oh, yeah. Closes totally. his eyes and just fucking takes a big cut. And luckily, she's a total pedophile and goes in for the makeout. Totally. It's awesome. Yeah. Pedophile status on the teacher. Love it. So, yeah. The reason we say that is because after he lays it out like that, she does just go in for a full-on fucking makeout with her student. Yeah. Love it. Love it. It's amazing. Yes. And then, and then real quick... After she makes out, and then obviously she kind of like walks away like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. You know, her conscious kicks Bad in. Me. Uh, there's this clip Shucks. of what he fucking says. I'll see you in school, Miss Jacobs. Oh, <laughs> yeah. dude. Pacey fucking killing it. Oh, my God. I mean, this is, again, we've talked about it. It's a trope you need. But you know what's funny is, I was just thinking about this, this trope of the teacher being into the student, it literally only works if it's a female teacher and a male student in these shows. Oh, yeah, or else it gets creepy. Like the Julie Taylor storyline, yeah. where everybody's uncomfortable and has the wheelies. A little double standard there for my A little liking. double standard. Yeah, I don't... I don't like that. I don't like that. But it's true. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> needs to, for some reason it does come off way creepier. Yeah, somebody needs to break the mold and like do an actual like male, you know, non-creepy relationship with a fifteen-year-old male teacher. Right. Not somebody creepy. needs to be the hero and just kind of make things equal. Yeah, because even in the show Riverdale, there's... maybe we'll do that. Like when we eventually do our teen drama that we write, we'll, yeah. we'll have like an actual like 
it's like not creepy. Yeah, we'll do it right. Like the thirty-five-year-old like male English teacher. Yep, and and we'll just do it in the in the most delicate way possible. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty good with that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we'll we'll just do it real delicate and totally, totally just. Anyways, stick the landing on it, that. It was great. I I just I'm, I was going into this show and I I saw that first scene. And I was like, okay, this show that I've never seen is going to be all about the sexual tension between Joey and Dawson. But then the more I watched, I'm like, oh no, mm. Pacey is going to be a player, Dude. a real player. By the way, I know we usually do that at the MVP, but while we're rolling Pacey, obviously just handing him the MVP. <sighs> so fitting. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a no-brainer. It's so fucking fitting dude i mean for all the reasons we've been talking about mvp of this episode easy i mean maybe joey could have was in consideration just based on looks but (laughs) (laughs) but i i know i i honestly i'm with you dude i mean pacey it's got to go to him caesar haircut yep george clooney himself crush okay there was one final thing I wanted to do to end this podcast, and it's the final wild scene that you and I rewound about four different times. Yeah, this was crazy. This was a buzzer beater. <laughs> they really ended this pilot right. So before I, I start pumping in some build-up music to how this pilot ends, uh, let's explain the context of how we get there. So Joey brings the ladder up. End of the night. End mm-hmm. of the movie. All the shenanigans have taken place. Pacey had his wild night at the docks with Miss Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Dawson had a little run-in with uh, Jen at her grandparents' house. Night's over. Dawson's in his bedroom hanging out. Joey goes up the ladder, goes through the... No. She's in his closet. She's already up the ladder in his closet <laughs> when he gets home. And she's in the bedroom. They're kind of having it out. They're getting into a big argument. She's essentially very upset that she feels like she lost her friend. And whether it's us calling it she wants what she can't have or not, I think it is clear that first and foremost, that is her friend and she's upset about losing her friend. Yeah. Is that fair? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Very, at very baseline, regardless of whether she has feelings or not. She's feeling like she's the the wedge of age and the wedge of another girl are both coming in between their friendship, regardless of whether it's platonic or not. Yeah. And I don't think he wants to lose his friend. So they're having this argument. And then she says to him, because she's still on this kick of like, see, this is all proof that we shouldn't be. It's not going to be the same between us. Like everything that we've done is clearly not the same anymore as when we were seven, eight years old. It's different now. And he's like, no, it's fucking not. Why are you saying this? Stop saying this. And then she just lays a bomb. And she's like, okay, if it's all similar, tell me how much you beat off, Dawson. Like, whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Caught these two podcasters off guard. Caught Dawson off guard. So off guard. And then, you a lot know. Of, like, a lot of, definitely, a lot of sex talk in this pilot. I loved it. Like woven in, it I wasn't know. like like yeah. hitting us over the head, but like that was what their conversation was about most of the time with each other, with the parents. I loved it, but it wasn't like over the top sexy. They're all wearing baggy clothes talking about sex. I mean, dude, how much were you and I and all of our friends talking about sex at fifteen years old? Way, it, way more than we were having it. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, more than zero, would you say? <laughs> That's what you do at that age. Is I, I think they nailed that of just like, this is how it goes. It's like, you're 15. You have no idea what that's all about. And you're just horny as fuck with the hormones. So anyways, she asks him like, okay, fine. If everything's still the same and we tell each other everything, Dawson, how much you beat off? What's up? And he won't tell her. And it let... So the bros tell each other. So after he won't tell her, this fucking music starts playing. And it starts building. And they kind of are starting to realize in the moment, like, all right, we aren't going to be good friends anymore. Joey starts, like, getting... She starts climbing down the ladder. And it's like, it's clear. Like, just based on the fact that he won't tell me how much he beats off, it's obvious. Dawson's slamming his head on the closet. He's slamming... She... This music's playing, and she's now outside. She's running to the fucking docks to get on her boat to go back to her house. You're right. Dawson's slamming his fucking head. She's now untying the boat. She's getting in the boat. And then all of a sudden, it's like... Dawson delivers this line out the window. Joey! Usually in the morning, Katie Couric. I'll stand by you. I'll stand by you. Yells to her how much he actually beats off, which is essentially daily. To Katie Couric's news stories. Like, damn, Dawson, like, low bar on your beat-offs. Fully clothed Katie Couric? Him and his dad both have a thing for newscasters. I guess. and But I did love it because uh, it was a cool moment of, like, all right, they are going to stay friends. Nice. Sweet. Dawson's totally willing to just tell Joey, who is his best and she, friend. At first, she's super confused, and then she starts laughing, and then it's like, hey, we're friends. Hey, sometimes all you need to just like make sure you're cool bros and stuff is like be vulnerable and tell you how much he beats off. Yeah, that's the least you can do it from a friend. Yeah. By the way, I'm really hoping, I don't know, obviously I don't know where this show's going, but I hope that is a foreshadowing moment where those two have a very similar like argument that comes to a head with something, but instead of having a line about how much he's hammering himself off <laughs> they just go in for a rain kiss oh yeah and it's like well, do you like me and it's like one one and they're like get arguing and then rain kiss so we're only gonna do four podcasts on dawson's creek i'm gonna do some research to make sure that like one of these four includes some rain please do i i would not i would not let a whole you'd be sh- remiss oh my god would i be remiss um, and then, yeah, the, it ends with a cliffhanger of like, just when you think that everything's all like sunshines and rainbows going into the fucking next episode, what does Joey see when she's rowing away on Dawson's Creek back to her place? Uh, she sees Dawson's mom kissing her coworker in the car while he's dropping her off. Uh-huh. Uncool. Uh-huh. Uncool. So, another trope of ours on these shows is you got to get the adults in the mix. Yeah, it's crucial. You got to have the drama happen on multiple levels. Clearly, she's burning the candle at both ends because he's giving it to her on the ottoman. And then, I mean... Damn, dude. She's also... She's horny as fuck. Yes, dude. Mom, dude. Dawson's mom. This show shouldn't be called Dawson's Creek. It should be called Dawson's horny-ass mom. 
Yeah. Or something. Just saying. We'll see where it goes. Well, that was probably spitballed around on the uh, drawing room floor when they were going through what we could name the show. Dawson's Dawson. horny-ass mom. Yeah. Dawson's Creek, Dawson's River, Dawson's horny-ass fucking mom. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. No, I am jacked up, dude. I, I am real jacked up. I am excited for this show. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's end it with a little Paula Cole. I don't want to wait. And we'll tell the kids. Kids, you sleep tight. You sleep tight, kids. You have a really good night's sleep. And pack clear eyes. Full heart. Do less, kids. Do less. Follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.